Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Dr. A Show 128, it's going to be a little bit different, a little bit of a different show here. Uh, have an interest in the new mammogram guidelines that came out this week. So it's going to be a little bit of a serious show here, but I'll try to mix in some other things there too. But uh, had a lot of discussion from my patients this week with regards to these guidelines, a lot of uh, uh, discussion with a lot of my physician colleagues on some of these guidelines. So uh, if you don't know anything about stuff here this week and have been confused about what you're hearing in the media, I will try to... Uh, unravel things here for you, uh, but uh, that'll be our main topic here tonight on the Doctor Anonymous show, starting right now. Yes, that's right, bringing you the best that medicine and social networking has to offer. This is the Dr. Anonymous live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm, of course, your favorite physician host. My name is Mike, but my friends, like all of you out there, you call me Dr. A, and you can always find me at dranonymous.com. That brings you to my blog. I admit I have not been, I've been, I, I've been off the blogging wagon especially in the past uh, couple of weeks. I will try to get back on there and start writing again, but I admit I've been negligent. I plead guilty to that. You can also find me at dranonymous.net. That brings you to my Facebook fan page to the show. Shout out to everybody out there who is uh, a Facebook fan of the show. And as I'm looking here right now, live on the air, I have 134 fans. Thanks to all of you out there who are fans of the show. I very much appreciate that. You can also go to dranonymous.org. That takes you right to my iTunes page where you can download previous uh, episodes of this show, and I encourage you to do that. We've had uh, we've had some great guests uh, recently, and uh, just me just kind of goofing around and sounding like an idiot. Very entertaining information and entertainment for all of you. Today is November nineteenth, two thousand nine. It is Thursday. It is nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and I do want to thank you for joining me here this evening. 
And uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different show here uh, tonight. Uh, this is a kind of a topic-driven show here uh, tonight. So uh, uh, I don't do this very often, but uh, this uh, topic here has uh, really uh, engulfed me in the last few days, especially with uh, my patients and uh, with uh, discussions at the hospital here with regards to these new mammogram guidelines here and what does it all mean. And uh, we'll discuss that there in a few minutes. And I do have a couple of other news stories if uh, we have time and if I have the energy to discuss them. <laughs> uh, it's just been crazy at work the last uh, couple of weeks, but I will, I will, I will journey through it because uh, I am a, a broadcast professional. And, yes, I do this for all of you. I'm a giver. You can count on that. But before all that, I do want to thank Block Talk Radio for, again, featuring the show again this evening and, again, for not canceling the show. Thank you, Block Talk Radio. Well, who are new to the show, if uh, those of you who don't know, yes, I am a real physician. I am a primary care physician. I am a frontline physician. I am a family physician in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients in the hospital and in my office. Not a lot of docs do that anymore. I do that five days a week here, uh, here in beautiful northeastern Ohio, and I've had this show here for just over two years now. I thank you again, all of you out there, for supporting the show, supporting my blog, supporting me. Of course, I am humbled by your support of all of my projects. Thank you very much for that. If you're listening live, you can see my smiling face on the webcam this evening. If you just click the webcam icon mixed right here on the live chat room. You'll be able to see me doing the show live right in front of your eyes. And if you're listening on the archives, hey, that's okay. You can come back at some point and listen to the show here live because uh, there's so many, so much fun when you're here live. I do want to give a big shout out to the people in my chat room here on the show tonight. We have Kimmy, we have Grunt Duck, we have Jesse Wilder, and, of course, we have the J-Man. I know other people will be filtering in here to the show here uh, this evening. And uh, with that here, I will uh, take my uh, break here and then kind of dive into our topic here. This evening, you're listening to the Dr. Anon live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm a proud member of the Better Health Network. You can get there at Better. Uh, getbetterhealth.com, getbetterhealth.com, and also a proud member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts. You can get there at promednetwork.com. I encourage you to check out both of those websites, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Dr. Anonymous Show, live on Blog Talk Radio, the only show that is preferred by four out of five dentists because the fifth dentist is an idiot. <laughs> Welcome back to the show here. 
dive into things here a little bit. Uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion, both in the media and also in the medical community, um, about these new guidelines. I will uh, kind of uh, outline these here for you and then kind of review some of the big brouhaha that's been going in the media and also uh, on the Internet, on blogs, on podcasts, everywhere in the past 48 hours at least. <laughs> well, let's kind of just review this thing here. So what uh, and, uh, people who have been, uh, have been uh, contacting me and emailing me, I mean, what the heck is this? United States Preventative Services Task Force. What is what what is this? And why causing all of this trouble out there that these people are reporting on here this week? And I, I'm I'm reading right from their website here, um, and uh, I believe it is a, a division or a part of the uh, Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. It's a federal government thing. And I'm reading right from their website here. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, first convened by the U.S. Public Health Service in 1984 and since 1988, sponsored by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, HRQ, is the leading independent panel of private sector experts in prevention and primary care. The USPSTF conducts rigorous, impartial assessments of the scientific evidence for the evidence uh, for the uh, scientific effectiveness of a broad range of clinical preventative services, including screening, counseling, and preventative medications. Its recommendations are considered the quote-unquote gold standard clinical preventative services. The mission of the USPSTF is to evaluate the benefits of individual services, gender, and risk factors for disease, make recommendations about which preventative services incorporated routinely into primary medical care and for which populations, and identify a research agenda for clinical preventative care. What does that all that mean? Well... You know, I mean, depending on your political bias, people uh, the past few days have been interpreting that in their own way. But kind of how I interpret it is, you know, people, this group looks, they look at the research, they look at data, and, and they make recommendations based on data. Um, people may have heard the term evidence-based medicine. That's kind of the big buzzword here these days. Um, and uh, uh, people are linking that to well, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't jump in too too far too far on that. But they, they, these are these are these screening uh, recommendations for breast cancer were released this week in a huge brouhaha that has been uh, at least picked up by the uh, by the news media there. And uh, let's see, how many we have here? One, two, three, four, six recommendations. And I, I'm just going to read them here word for word. And this, this is right from their website. So uh, the first one is the USPSTF recommends against 
routine screening mammography in women 40 to 49 years old. And also on the website, which I don't believe that the news media is reading, but I'm reading this right from their website, quote, the decision to start regular biennial, meaning every other year, or, yeah, I guess what it means, screening names before the age of 50 years should be an individual one and take patient context into account, including the patient's values regarding uh, benefits and harms. So there you go. So unquote there. So uh, the next one here is they recommend uh, every other year screening mammograms for women aged 50 to 74. Uh, and uh, the next one is uh, the task force concludes that uh, the current evidence is insufficient to assess the additional benefits and harms of screening mammograms in women five years or older. There's been a lot of discussion on this next one here. Uh, uh, the task force recommends against teaching self-breast exams. I know people, will, especially late-night comedians, are making jokes about that, but you know that is something that's been debated for a number of medical community. Uh, and uh, personally, I don't think it really uh, uh, has been detecting that much cancer, um, but I'll get into my, my personal bias uh, in a little bit. Uh, let's see, the next last one, the task force concludes that the current evidence is insufficient to assess the additional benefits and harms of clinical breast examination beyond screening mammography in women 40 years or older. Uh, and then the last one's about MRIs, which uh, there's not a sufficient evidence on that. So what does that all mean? That all means that people, some people are very upset about this. And all of you, you've been hearing in the media um, are you know, people who are upset about this, against this, basically, you know, obviously people who are personally invested in this. I you know, definitely understand breast cancer survivors. I've heard their stories, and, you know, they make very good points about early detection uh, and how they were early detected by mammograms, how they got treatment, how they're surviving, you know, other stories that, uh, that uh, uh, you know, women, some women uh, were not detected until later, um, not, did not have uh, very good outcomes. You know, I understand all of that. And, of course, the Cancer Society, if you haven't read their statements on this, they have been very critical, very critical of these, uh, of these uh, recommendations. And it was very interesting to me just to observe uh, that especially people on the newscast, the people that they have on the newscasts are basically people like cancer doctors, oncologists, radiologists, the people that do the mammograms, and surgeons, people who operate on breast cancer. Those are the people that they are putting on television you know, in addition to breast cancer survivors. And I understand their argument. I understand their argument. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I understand the early detection argument. I think, hey, we should do these uh, uh, mammograms starting at age 40 um, and keep the current recommendations the way they are. Uh, but, you know, I, Something that, that I have been talking with my patients this week, 
And it's been very interesting talking with my patients this week because a lot of my patients, they support these recommendations. They say, hey, you know, I, I have been one of those people who got all this testing and it didn't detect a thing. I had some bad complications about it. And in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase a story here that, uh, that happened to one of my patients a few years ago. And, and this is a story, you know, that you're not going to hear anywhere else because the press doesn't want to cover a story like this. But it is a story that, you know, that I talked about with one of my patients this week. And um, I think it's an interesting story. It's a story that starts a few years ago when one of my patients turned 40 years old. And, of course, the recommendations at the time, and, of course, now, uh, is to get your first mammogram when you're age 40. This person, this person did not have any kind of risk factors at all, no family history, you know, nothing that would tell me or tell this patient, hey, you are even in a medium risk group. Forget a high risk group. She gets her mammogram at age 40. I get the results back. I call this person back in my office a few days later. And I say, hey, you know, you know, you got your mammogram. That's great. You know, your exam was normal. Everything was fine. But this mammogram report, it's not exactly normal. I don't want to say it's abnormal. I don't want to say there's a spot. I don't want to say there's a mass. But it's not conclusive. It is inconclusive. We need to get more images. And in fact, they're recommending three additional images to help clarify what's looking like a shadow there. Really, a spot or a mass we need to get more information. And at the time, it took about two weeks to schedule these additional tests. So, and this is somebody who is completely healthy, no risk factors, very healthy, took a while to try to get through that process to get through that, to get to that point to, to get to that decision. I've, I've you know, very much summarized that visit, which took a while, which I don't mind, but it took a while. Those two weeks go by. This person gets these additional images for her mammogram. Comes back and sees me. I said, news. All those additional pictures that we got, they were fine. They were okay. But, but, 
they're recommending another mammogram in six months to make sure everything's okay. She was like, six months? I thought you said everything was okay. I thought we'd just go back to, you know, every year or every two years. That doesn't really make sense to me. And we go through the process there trying to explain, you know, that there could be some, you know, some shadowing there and, you know, and, and I don't really think there's a mass there. I don't think we have to get real aggressive to get a biopsy, to refer you to a specialist, to get that thing biopsy. We just want to wait six months and get another mammogram. So she says, fine. In the course of that six months, you know, this is a small town here. I see that person around town every once in a while. You know, I, you know, I just kind of, you know, ask her how's it going, and and uh, you know, and understandably, she's a little bit nervous about it. So try to answer some more of her questions, and you know, try to reassure things. Six months go by. Get another mam. We get another mammogram. A couple of days goes by, comes back in my office. I said, hey, okay, these are your results. We have to get more pictures this time, too. What? What do you mean we have to get more pictures? So I go through that whole thing again. We get some more pictures. Bring her back in my office. This is a couple of weeks go by. You know what? I think there's something there. I think there's something there that we have to biopsy and sure that it's not cancer. He's like, why didn't you tell me this six months ago? I didn't think there was anything there six months ago. Now I'm concerned about it. So we refer her to a surgeon. We refer her to a specialist. It takes about a month to get into a specialist. Goes to see the specialist. After she goes to see the specialist, she calls me. They're going to they're going to schedule a biopsy. The biopsy is scheduled for a couple of weeks later. The biopsy is done. And it takes a couple of weeks for the results to come back for me to tell her, is it cancer, is it not cancer? Because, of course, if it's cancer, we refer her to a cancer doctor, chemotherapy, radiation, all that stuff. Before the results come back, I get a call. I'm seeing some redness where they took the biopsy. Comes in and sees me. Because the surgeon, the surgeon somehow was out of town. I'm thinking there's a little bit of uh, an infection there. Go ahead and start antibiotics. I was seen in my office a couple of days later. A couple of days later, the infection is getting worse. 
We have to put her in the hospital to start IV antibiotics. So we get all that treated. She gets discharged from the hospital. Everything's fine. There's no infection. There comes back and sees me. You know what? I got the results back. You don't have cancer. No cancer. That's good news, right? She was like, why did I go through all of this? Could it have been avoided? As I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's frustrating. And she told me, she was like, I will not have another mammogram until I'm 50 because I am not going through this again. This is, is too much. All that for what? What does it do? It's, uh, it was a waste of time, she said. So that is the other side of things. And I, I have read these reports. I've seen the news programs. People are making fun of the, the reason that is given that these, these uh, mammograms are not being recommended because, because it causes anxiety. I've seen it. It makes people very anxious. If you tell me to wait six months to tell me if I have cancer, I may mean, just imagine that. That is, uh, that, that is, I can't even imagine going through that. So that is, that, that is briefly just, just kind of me on my soapbox talking about the other side of these breast cancer recommendations. And I've had a lot of similar conversations in my office this week. And that is a point of view that you're probably not going to hear anywhere on the news programs out there uh, because, you know, the people that they put on there obviously are, you know, you know people who have had breast cancer, people who operate on breast cancer, people who detect breast cancer on mammograms. That is, that, are, that is the people that the news reports are putting on there. I don't like it, but that is, that is the way that it is. So I apologize for being on my soapbox here tonight. <laughs> um, but I had, I had to get that uh, off of my chest there. Uh, because it is, you know, some of this stuff just really drives me crazy. Uh, because uh, I, 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 I don't think that this, uh, you know, that that I don't think Corey is in the news, you know, being covered uh, fairly. That's just what I think. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, people out there listening to this podcast at some point, whenever it is, probably or may disagree with me. Probably have been here in my chat room and have left. But, you know, that's what I think. And I appreciate 
of you who have uh, listened to this podcast, either live or on the archives, that's my bias, uh, and that's probably, uh, you know, <laughs> that's probably the most revved up <laughs> I've been in a while on this show, and uh, I normally don't uh, use this show to be on a platform and a soapbox, but I had to get that off of my chest here this evening. I had some other news stories here, but I think I will just kind of leave those where they are. I will just focus this right on this one topic here uh, tonight, and I will end the show here early. I want to thank everybody who uh, checked out the show uh, live here this evening, and uh, those of you who will be listening to it on the archive. Just to let people know, I will be having a Saturday show. It will be a lot more lighthearted than this one. <laughs> it will be Saturday, November 21st, 2009 at 9 p.m. a.m. right before the Annie and Burrow live show on right here on Block Talk Radio. And I'm debating, and I think I will do a show right before Thanksgiving, as everybody knows, or as you may or may not know, you know, my international audience. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. It is a week from today, but I think I will uh, have a show the day before on Wednesday. Uh, that will be uh, November 25th, uh, 2009 at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, right here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, again, I will try not to make it as serious as this one was. So uh, I think, uh, let's see, what I'll do here is, um, oh, I thought I lost my uh, my switchboard here. Uh, let's see, I will uh, end the show here with the song, and I will say good night. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. You can always check me out at dranonymous.com, dranonymous.net, dranonymous.net. O-R-G. Good night from Ohio. I will talk to you very soon, and we'll see you later. Good night, everyone. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.